Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Gospel Bible Chat Room. This is Pastor Ruth Gardner. We are continuing on our series um, in the beginning, the study of Genesis. Um, we're going to uh, have our prayer open by Elder Joya, and we will go on into our lesson on tonight. Amen. Go ahead, Elder. Thank you, Lord, for this class on today, Father. We want to thank you for allowing us to come together once again to learn of your word. Father, I ask that you would be with us on tonight. Let us hear what you have to say on tonight during this class. Father, we ask that you would have your way. Give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Give the teacher clarity of thought and clarity of speech on tonight. And Father, we will be served to give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So I'm going to go ahead and play the chapters that we are going to be discussing. Now, we've been a while since we got together, and um, we are on chapter 17 and chapter 18. Um, just to give a recap, we know about the um, last chapters that we talked about was the situation with um, Abraham and um, the covenant that he made with Abraham, where he walked between the two pieces. Well, Abraham went into a deep sleep, or Abram went to a deep sleep, and the Lord made a covenant with himself concerning Abram and what he was doing and um he also told abram that he was going to be a father of many nations and here we see where he tried to take matters into his own hand and he listened to his wife sarai and uh, went into hagar and had ishmael so we hear we see here the uh birth of ishmael in chapter uh 16 and at the time Abram was 86 years old, 86 years old when he um, had, when Ishmael was born, um, Abram was 86 years old. So now we're going to go in and listen, pick up at verse chapter number 17. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's see here. Let me go back to this. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you 
for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael, and all those born in his household or bought with his money, every male in his household, and circumcised them, as God told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that same day, and every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with him. Book of Genesis continued. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and, 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 and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then, then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well. Oh, excuse me. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seals of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There, in, in, the, in the tent. He said, 
And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, uh, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. When the men got up to leave, they looked down toward Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing. To, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike? Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I'm nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if... Only 40 are found there, he said. For the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, and let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left. And Abraham in Sodom in the evening. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, something in this room just got my allergies, just went bonkers here. Hold on one second, people. Let's stop sharing. All right, so I apologize, y'all heard me sneezing. It just, I thought I had a sneezing fit and my nose is running. Whew. So we have here in chapter 17 and 18, we see where the, uh, the Lord comes before Abraham and once again reiterates his covenant and his promise. Now, we look back in chapter 15. Remember, we talked about the covenant that he made with Abraham and Abraham had 
had had performed the covenant that they would that they would normally would do. It's kind of like ceremonial where they cut the uh, the animals in two and they have them on both sides. They split them and have a path between them. And the two people who are making the covenant, you walk between them as a sign that if anything, if either one of us break the covenant, you know. If either one of us break the covenant, may what happens to these what happened to these animals happen to us. So that's how covenants were kind of done um, back in his time. But we noticed that in chapter 15, when they did the covenant, God allowed a deep sleep or darkness to fall upon Abram. And he walked, God walked between the two. Um, piece the two split animals by himself. So he made the covenant with himself. And he said that, you know, I made this covenant with me because I know that this is this covenant that we made that I made with you. I know that you're not going to be able to keep it. So instead of allowing this to happen, I make the covenant with myself. I will take on the responsibility um, if it was to happen he would bear the punishment um, if if it was if, if the covenant was ever broken and he went on to tell him about how what was going to happen in the next 400 years so he pretty much gave them the prophetic word that um, I'm making this covenant with you, even though I know you're not going to, you, your people are not going to be able to hold, keep it. That's why I'm making this covenant. And I'm the one who's walking by myself. I'm making a promise within myself to you because I know what's going to happen. I will bear the punishment. And we see this punishment being fulfilled at the cross. Mm -hmm. We saw the punishment being fulfilled at the cross. So this promise, this covenant that God made with Abram, even though we see where, you know, the children of Israel did not uphold this covenant, but we see it at the cross on Calvary where the punishment was paid. Amen. Amen. So, so he comes again to him and he goes, you know, he tells him again, I am the Lord, all God almighty, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. He reiterates the covenant to him. And he changes his name. Now, once again, he reiterates the covenant. I will make thee a great nation. All I need you to do is walk before me and be, be, be perfect. So basically he's saying, I'm going to keep this covenant. I'm going to keep this covenant with you. And all I desire is that you walk, is that you obey, walk before me and be thou perfect that's all i'm asking so sometimes you know covenants certain agreements or things are conditional this is is considered an unconditional covenant and regardless of whether we fail or regardless of whether whatever abraham did god still made this promise that he was going to bless him and that he was going to be a father of many nations and regardless of what Abraham, because you see Abraham took on Ishmael, he still didn't say, okay, because you slept with Haggai, you had Ishmael, you don't broke the covenant. He could have easily had done it right then and there, but he didn't because this covenant is considered unconditional. So regardless of what Abraham does, he's still going to bless him and make him a father of many nations. All that he requires is that he walks upright before him and be thou perfect that means walk in obedience uh walk according to my word walk according to my scriptures 
And this is what he, and, th- and as today, this is the same promise that he's made with us now for life eternal. And he says the same exact thing. Just obey my word. Walk up right before me. Be thou perfect. I will, I will grant you this promise. I will keep the covenant that, that I made with your father. Because if you are one, if you are a faith walker, you are considered a child of Abraham. Because his nation, his offsprings were people of many colors, many races, many creeds. His offsprings are people who have faith in Jesus Christ. So the same promise is unto us. And now the promise is life eternal because this covenant is an everlasting covenant. It's for generations to generations to generations. And we have a guarantee of living with God in eternity as long as we walk up well, upright before him and be thou perfect. Now, are we perfect? No. But he's saying to the best of your ability, to the best of your capability, I need you to be perfect. That means I need you to, to obey, listen. So he goes on to say, neither shall your name be called Abram, but now your name shall become Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee. And he goes on to tell him how he's going to make him fruitful and the nation that shall come and kings shall come out of thee. And he'll establish his covenant between me and thee and the seed after thy and generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art stronger, all the land of Canaan for everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And he goes on to say, thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, and thy seed after thee in their generations. And so now he goes, and this is my covenant, which he shall keep. Okay. Now he changes the covenant from the, the sacrifice of the animals Remember, he did the first covenant. He did the sacrifice of the animals. So now here he comes with a second covenant. And it's the covenant of circumcision. Now, when he... Hello? Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I saw it. I heard something. So when he first, when he did the first covenant and he did this separation of the two animals, he was telling him about the land and that he shall inherit the land. Now, in this covenant, he's telling Abram that he's going to be a father of many nations. That's why he changed his name. So he did a name change and to establish this covenant, they had this uh, process which is called circumcision. And this is the law of first mention. This is another law of first mention. This is the first time circumcision has been brought up and spoken of in in the Bible. So what, you know, we know what circumcision is. I'm not going into detail what it is. It's, It's the removal of the flesh. Now, this covenant was established as a way of identifying his lineage, okay? It was done as a identification of his lineage because everybody around him, every all the men at this point were all uncircumcised. No man has ever had circumcision done to them at this point, whether they were of the children of Israel, or they was of the paganistic uh people, the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, all the men in the land were never, ever circumcised. He established this circumcision with Abraham and his descendants, every male child 
as a, a way of identifying who they were in the land. That was his covenant. So if you were circumcised, you knew that you were of, of, of the lineage of Abraham and that you had a quote unquote covenant with God Almighty, the one true living God. And something else that was brought out, I was reading and watching something and it was talked about the, uh, the time of circumcision, um, which is very, you know, I'm a nurse. So I was really intrigued by this. Um, that God had purposely said on the eighth day, I guess we lost Julia. Oh, wow. I don't see your picture anymore either, though. I have my, um, I, I have the Victoria's Living Christian thing on. Oh, then is it mine I don't see anymore? No, I don't see Julia's anymore. Anyway, anyway, it's still recording, so I'm still going to go on. So, um, the most one important thing that he talked about is on the eighth day that that's when the circumcision, um, here she goes. I thought you got mad and left. <laughs> I thought you got mad at me and left because I was talking about circumcision. Anyway. No, <laughs> I got booted. <laughs> anyway, this is something very, very important. Very, 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 very like, oh, wow. Okay, so. The eighth day, God said for the men to be circumcised, we have found out through scientific discovery that on the eighth day, there is a, there is a, um, a, a, a agent, um, a, a, I want to say it's a hormone. Oh, it was a healing thing. It's a healing, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a coagulation factor that happens on the eighth day in, in birth, in a child, in, a, in an infant, that on the, on the eighth day, the clotting factor kicks in. So if you, if he, so it's so, it's not ironic, but it's so awesome of God that he specifically said on the eighth day, because you have to understand God created us. So he knew that on the eighth day, this clotting coagulation agent, clotting agent was going to kick in because if you circumcise before then, guess what will happen? The child will continue to bleed. Well, hold on. So that eighth day thing, if you listen, uh, if you listen to the whole thing, wasn't only that the eighth day was when it kicked in, but the eighth day, the clotting factors were at the highest throughout the entire infancy. Okay, you gonna do something about that fan, honey? Because it's like sound like you in a, a windstorm. I could barely hear what you were saying. All right, you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So if you listen to that, that whole thing carefully, it wasn't only saying that on the eighth day is when those clotting factors became active, but on the eighth day is when those clotting factors were at their peak. There is no time throughout the entire infancy that they are higher than, at, uh, than on the eighth day. So God had already was protecting the fact of, of, of the infant or the male child bleeding to death because if you do a a, 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 um, a procedure because it's a surgical procedure, so there will be bleeding. But if you do it prior to the eighth day, there's a chance that the child will bleed to death because there's no clotting factors activated on on there. Well, it's on there. It's it's there, but it's not as, at as high as as Pastor John said to prevent that from happening. So you run the risk of, of, of hemorrhaging and bleeding to death for the infant. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Like, wow. I was like, oh, wow. So it's the eighth day where it's at its peak. And that's the eighth day that God has um, commanded Abraham to circumcise a child. And um, also, um, we know that eight means new beginnings. And because of the fact that he's established this covenant and making him the father, changing his name, making him the father of many nations, now 
is a new beginning. He's starting out with a new beginning. And even in this, he tried to get him to, you know, bless Ishmael. Ishmael, you know, you know, why don't we just use Ishmael? He's like, no, it's going to come from your wife and you. It's going to come from your union. Anybody got any questions or any comments about anything we talked about? Okay, so also, <laughs> no. <laughs> so also another thing in verse number 22, and he left off talking with him and God went up to Abraham. And Abraham 23, and Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house and all that were brought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the self same day as God had said unto him. And he was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael was 13 when he was circumcised. And the self same day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael, his son. You notice that he said in verse number 23, and then he said it again in verse number 26, in the self same day. That means when you see something like that, when you see something in the word of God that is repeated, it is something that is very important that you need to take note and that you need to realize that they did it in the self same day. Immediate obedience. That's what God wants. God says, do, bam, immediately obey and do what he asks you to do. He said, Abraham, you want you and your son Ishmael and all the males that you bought, all the males that are living in your house, I want them all circumcised. Abraham didn't get up and say, you sure? <laughs> do we need to wait a couple of days? How do we do this? How am I supposed to circumcise him? What I need to do? He didn't ask. He got up and he circumcised him. Self, same day. Immediate obedience. That's what God desires. That's what God's looking when he was telling him to be, be thou perfect and walk up right before me. That means do what I want you to do when I say do it. We need to stop sending up fleeces, turning plates down, talking to our prayer partners. We know God. You got you to gotta sure enough relationship with the father and you know his voice like none other and you understand the voice of god of god's giving you a commandment to do as crazy as it may sound do it you know god you know the, you know the voice of god if he says do it do it that's what he wants he desires immediate obedience so let us be careful you know god tells us to do something let us not hesitate or ponder over it. If there's any reason, let me just say this. If anybody needs to ponder over anything that God tells you to do, it's for the reason on how to execute it. Not doubting whether or not God is telling you, but trying to figure out what's the strategy, what's the plan. And that's with praying over it. It shouldn't be, God, are you sure you want me to do this? God, I'm just trying to wait to make sure. I want to please make it as plain as a nose on my face. No, your prayer should be, God, how am I to do this? Direct my path. Show me what I need to do. Who do I need to talk to? Where are the resources, Father? Direct me to the resources so I can do what I need, what you need me to do. That's how the prayer should be. If you're going to pray about anything, pray for direction and pray for where direct direction. Pray for direction. That's it, because he's going to show you where to go. He's going to show you who to reach out to. He's going to show you who to call. He's going to show you how to, to write out the plan. He's going to show you. He's going to lead you in the direction of where he wants you to go. You should not be praying, asking God to clarify uh, 
uh, God, if I put the fleece on, let the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. And then God, let this time, let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet or let the ground be dry and the fleece be wet. You know, you, that, that, that would, that's what Gideon did. He sent up a fleece, but we're not, we, uh-uh, we passed that. We are children of faith. We are the seed of Abraham, and that's who we should be modeling our walk after. Abraham, God, even when Abraham, when God told Abraham to leave his country and his kindred and go to a land that I, that you know not of, Abraham did not, did not uh, 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 hesitate. He loaded up the, the family, he got his people together, and he left. Immediate obedience. Faith walkers, we should be having immediate obedience because we have faith in God. And if God is telling us to do this, then there's no reason to second guess or doubt because the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I'm feeling this tonight. So immediate obedience. This is what... Abraham's seed does. We've been circumcised in today's society. Circumcision now is just something that they do for, for, for uh, 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 medical purposes because they realize that, you know, being circumcised reduces the risk of infection for, for males. So they automatically do it. But now the circumcision is not of the foreskin, it's of the heart. And that's where we go over into, um, into the New Testament. And we talk about the circumcision of the heart that Paul was talking about to the Corinths, about the circumcision, making sure that your heart is circumcised. Not that so much as you being circumcised in the flesh, that was that covenant was fulfilled. It was fulfilled on Calvary. Remember? He fulfilled the covenant. He fulfilled the laws. He fulfilled all of that. Now is the circumcision of the heart. Ah, so now we move on. Anybody have anything else they want to say or add to? Or, or, or have any questions about what I'm saying? Anyone don't understand? Am I, am I making it clear? No, you're good. Good? Mm -hmm. Nobody want to chime in and say nothing? They want to share nothing? What they getting? The, the revelations that you're getting out of this? There's a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and even with the name Isaac, which is very interesting, Isaac is means laughter, not Sarai. Not Sarah, Isaac. His name means laughter. And if you noticed in this chapter, both Abraham and Sarah laughed. And I just want to point that out. There were two different types of laughters. When Abraham laughed, his laughter was of like one of joy. You know, he was like, like he was happy. And so he laughed like, oh my God, like you're gonna really do this. You ever see an example that you ever see where um, he was talking about uh, Jordan, Michael Jordan play basketball. But have you ever seen where somebody do something and it's like, oh shoot, and you laugh? Like, oh shoot, that was sweet. And you laugh? Yes, no. Am I, you know, come on, talk to me now. Somebody says yes or no. Yes. That's right. Come off the microphones. I want to have a conversation. You know how when you say something, like you see something and go, oh, that was sweet. And you start laughing. That's the type of attitude Abraham had when he laughed. And so, and the reason why I, I can, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm so I'm pointing this out because because when it talks about Sarah, when she laughed, she was like, why is Sarah laughing? Because and other thing is she she um 
she let's go to it hold on chapter 18 okay he asks where was sarah okay verse number 10 and he said no verse number nine they said unto him where is sarah thy wife and he said behold in the tent and he said i will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life and lo sarah thy wife shall have a son and Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. That means that, you know, she was no longer childbearing and she was in menopause. Let's be honest. She was in menopause because the manner of women was like something that we have. We have our menstrual cycle and she no longer had it. She was in menopause and therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Like, are we really, you know, is this, is this really going to happen? I mean, are you serious? Like, she was kind of like, kind of sarcastic in her, within herself. Like, am I really, is this really going to happen? And she chuckled within herself. And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is there anything hard for the Lord? This was a, a rebuke. You see the difference? When Abraham did it, he wasn't rebuked. Because when he laughed, he was laughing like out of excitement and joy. When she laughed, she laughed at a disbelief and sarcasm. So he was like, is there anything too hard for God? At the appointed time, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. So she got rebuked for laughing because she laughed in such a way where it was disbelief. And she laughed within herself. She didn't even chuckle like Abraham did. She laughed within herself. Like, mm, you're right. It was like one of those, you're right. I'm going to have a child of plenty. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how she did it. So the two different laughters in this text, Abraham laughed of joy. Sarah was a laughter of disbelief. It was like a smirk, pretty much like a, you're right. <laughs> sure like that you know what i'm saying so now we look at where next comes the the men that appeared and he you know he's talking to them this is where this is coming from with the laughter um what he's talking to because in chapter 18 it goes that it goes on to say that, you know, the men visit him. The three men came and visit him and he prepared a meal. And then that's when they were, they were eating and he was staying there watching them eat. And he asked, where was Sarah? So that was the visitation that he received from the, the three men. And they came, their purpose of coming was to check out Sodom and Gomorrah because they were saying that they hear, excuse me, I'm trying to go down to, okay. So we go down to verse number 17 and he goes, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. 
Now, if you noticed, it's saying the Lord. It's not saying angel of the Lord. It says the men. And then it talks about the Lord. See, look at 22. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. The Lord came down and visited Abraham. You see that? Yeah, I've seen that. I have somebody talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And look at verse number one. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. Some people say that it was the Trinity. Some people say that it was, you know, Elijah and uh, no, it wasn't Elijah. What did I say it was? No, the Trinity. I'm getting confused with somebody else. I think about the transfiguration. Um, so, but anyway, so, so then we hear, we see the conversation that Abraham has and he's like, oh, what do you do for 50, 45? You know, he goes down numbers and then he goes down, I think to 30 and then he's at 20. And then he's talking about 10, I think it was. Was that the last amount he said? He had 10. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communion with Abraham. Abraham returned unto his place. So here, the reason why Abraham was asking this, because he, was, he knew that at this time, Lot, his nephew, had already went in to, he was no longer pitching his tent outside of Sodom. But as you see, we go, when we get into 19 and 20 on next week, we'll see where it picks up where Lot is sitting in the gate. He went from facing it <laughs> towards Sodom. Because remember when we go back a couple of, couple of scriptures, when they first um, separated, it said that Abram, that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. He took the land that was over on that side and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now we see in 19, he's in the gate. And we'll pick that up on next week. Um, so yeah, I just want to get through this. We're going gonna to go through a little bit further. I think I'm going to stop once we come through once we get through the Sodom and Gomorrah thing I think we're going to shift our uh, teaching to something else um but we'll see I'll, I'm gonna see I know we don't de I definitely want to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah and what happened there and um okay amen sounds like a plan Sounds like a plan. But do we have anyone has any comments or anything they want to say about tonight's lesson or anything that you got from it? Any any questions that you have or anything that uh stood out to you, Pastor John? Anything? No, I mean everything that would have stood out to me, you pretty much covered because you know you explained all the uh the little things like the correlation between that and Jesus and you know you already went through all that so it's not really a whole lot left to be said <laughs> <laughs> Joya you have any comments or anything nope I don't have anything anything like you said it was everything was covered and it's just confirmation of what's been said already what, we, what we've been hearing Mm -hmm. yeah 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 the covenant the circumcision and all that stuff yeah i was like wow this is what god has been dealing with us about and i even when i even ministered uh, he took me to that scripture about uh abraham and, and ishmael and 
all the men and how it was used back then as an identifier. Even though he established a government, covenant, a covenant, a covenant with Abraham and his his lineage, it was it was a, it was a way of isolating now, and making his lineage distinctful. Yes. Now, prior to this, did circumcision exist? No. Did any, did any culture circumcise? Not that I know of. No. I didn't think so. So no. we're talking about how, like, you know, when God tells you to do something, even if it sounds crazy. So imagine the act of circumcision from a man's perspective, <laughs> and you're telling me to cut what? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that because you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> and these were grown folks. They weren't... <laughs> Abraham was 99 years old. He was like, yo, do what? You know, even with that, he didn't, he didn't question him. He didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't question him. He said, all right, okay, but that because he had full assurance and a true heart. He had total faith to believe that if I cut myself, God's going to heal me. It's not my, my, my junk ain't going to fall off. I'm not, it's not going to mess me up. Because he had that type of faith. But check out the faith of the people, though, in general, because after that, he had to circumcise pretty much everybody. So not yeah. only children, but adults and stuff at well had to partake in the, in the covenant. Mm -hmm. That took faith from all those people. Yeah, because it was like he said, every male, even the ones you bought, <laughs> so if he had some slaves they even got circumcised that's not a little thing to ask a man <laughs> you want to cut what <laughs> so that took you know that took a lot of faith like and trust mm. like, you sure God said this <laughs> Yeah. And you know, and this just a sidebar. I just this this came to me that this is bad. Now, mind your circumcision, yes, it's bad. But can you imagine in other pagan religions they had eunuchs? Most people that were eunuchs weren't eunuchs by choice though. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. They were eunuchs because they were slaves that were assigned to uh like the rulers of wives and stuff like that so they basically castrated them so that nothing can go on mm -hmm. so most eunuchs were not eunuchs by choice these men came yeah by uh, yeah 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 i got you these were like okay yeah sure they voluntarily uh allowed the the, the circumcision they were not yes. you know they volunteered voluntold <laughs> but yeah that that yeah i was waiting for you to say something like about that like you know these men had to uh <laughs> but that's how much faith they had that's how much faith abraham had that he believed that you know you know if it's gonna i mean look what happens with his when he goes with isaac what god tells him to do with isaac you know go go sacrifice him yeah. he had that much faith to believe god now, I'm, I'm going to go up here and sacrifice him. So I guess either you're going to raise him up or you're going to give me another one. You know, I mean, this is this is your child. You know, I thank you for the blessing. If I, and if that was a purpose of me having it, so I got to sacrifice it, so be it. He had that much faith in God that he was willing to give up his only son, his true son, the, the, the son of the promise. You know, he told him he was going to have a son. And he told him he was going to name him Isaac. And then he turns around and tells him to go sacrifice his son. But that's not, that's still, uh, you know, not yet. But yeah. But it, it's, it's just faith. And, 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 and even talking about the immediate obedience, that's what faith is and then when the lord had spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and said um 
and um, the way, oh God, about obedience. How did he say it? How did, how was I put it? Um, those who really know him, something about obeying. I, I put, I posted it on Facebook. I don't remember what it was. I don't know how, I can't remember how he put it. It was about obedience, being obedient to God. Um, you remember what I said? You don't remember, do you? Trying to find it. Did you post on your page or somebody else's? I posted on mine. It was something that the Lord gave me. Um, I'm scrolling real quick to see if I can find it. It's about being obedient. Oh, I'm not gonna find it. Mm -mm. Wait a minute, is this it? Obedience is the proof that you believe. There you go. Obedience is the proof that you believe. That's what it was. That's what the Lord had said. So basically, when you obey God, that means you, you have faith in him. Obedience is the proof that you believe, that you have faith. Because when God gives you something, God tells you to do it, and you do it without hesitation. That's just, that's faith. You know, we the just shall live by faith. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we believe you know and that's that's the whole crux of it a faith walker is obedient abraham was the epitome he was a father of faith he was epitome of faith he is the one when everybody wants to talk about faith they talk about abraham and that's how abraham was he had full assurance in a true heart his heart you could not sway him anyway he believed God, and once again, and God counted it unto him as righteousness. He believed God, and so that immediate obedience is something that we we need to practice, and we need to, you know, we we say we know God, and we say we trust God, and and He says do something, you know, we have to we have to obey. There should be no reason why we should not obey. Amen. 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 So Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, your, your revelation of your word. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the things that we have received on tonight concerning obedience, concerning the covenant, concerning even circumcision. Father, we thank you for all that you have revealed and unraveled more mysteries concerning you. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for just being in the midst and giving us understanding of your word. Father, we pray, oh God, that this word will just continue to be planted within us, Father, that we will continue to study and go deeper into your word. Father, give us the deeper revelation of the word. Father, as we continue to study the scriptures, as we continue to go on in your name, God, we thank you, we praise you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And so that concludes our Bible study for tonight. God bless you and have an awesome day. You too. Good night, y'all. Good night. Night. Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.com dot me forward slash vlcc or through our cash app which is the dollar sign vlcc life we also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link may god bless you and may your day always be victorious